Yo, what's up? It's your girl, DJ Narc. I'm having one of those moments, so I think we're doing 33 minutes. No, I just thought about something. This unsaid thing, and therefore perhaps unthought of thing. Okay? Just follow me here. I'm grabbing some water. I'm gonna grab some herb. And I'm going to sit down and roll. Drink something, please. Gather your things. And then we'll smoke. And let's see how far we get in this 33 minutes. So, first off, hi. I hope you're liking the structure, these little tidbits as I have them, because why lose them? I am drinking water and organic mango lemonade. And I'm going to smoke the remnant of the joint I have in my hand when I had this realization. So here we go. We like to talk a lot about how art is dead and how, for example, Hollywood is not able to produce any really good work. Seems like all the good ideas have already been thought up. All the good movies have already been made. And everything now is shiny CGI plastic trash. Sure, here and there, there are breakout movies from other countries that make us sit up and take notice that cinema is still a thing. Something that transports you so completely because of the feeling it gives you, that it changes you, much as the Greeks intended. Why is it that we never talk about the real reason that Hollywood produces trash. And that reason, <coughs> excuse me, and I'm gonna tie this back to a lot of other things that I've been meaning to say. That reason is the failure of the school system. You have no idea how many Picassos and Aristotle's are withering away somewhere working a desk job or raising kids or teaching math. Well, now kind of you do because they all have TikTok and you're seeing how much talent there is out there. What would those people have become in a society where education, including the arts, and all that is really needed to be able to flourish there. What would happen if all of that was available? How different would our society look on a cultural, I'm talking cultural landscape. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
how much are we missing out on in terms of original American art? Because the adults we are now didn't have access to a stage and a teacher who could explain to you what Hamlet actually was, but also let you play it out on a stage so you really got it. Half of Shakespeare is the way they breathe, right? You get into that way of breathing and all of a sudden it makes sense they talk that way because they're fucking panicked. <laughs> Even in love, they're kind of panicked. I would be too if I had to breathe an iambic breath. <laughs> I'd be nervous as shit. We don't know. We don't know because our talent, our originality, for the most part, falls through the cracks. It is a sobering thing to know that there was more money put into arts and music education in the 60s and 70s, 50s, 60s, 70s than there is now. It's horrifying what we've done. It's not school. Everybody knows it's not school. It's, it's a factory. School is a factory. The public school system is a factory that produces <clears throat> laborers, inmates, drug dealers, for sure, entrepreneurs, for sure, and than everybody else that falls through the cracks. The public school system is designed almost to <clears throat> sort people through the cracks they must fall down. <laughs> and that's not to say that whatever district you happen to live in or work in isn't great. I'm talking mainly about the communities that really actually need public schools, not the ones that pay really high taxes and so have nice ones. The fact that public schooling is based on the tax revenue of the area in which it is in is inherently classist and racist. And so the system that you may identify with that is designed to help kids succeed and explore every aspect of their personality, their growing personality, is not the same school system that exists on 125th. And how much of our 
culture gets shuffled down those cracks, sent to their inevitable conclusions, robbing us all, robbing them of their lives, of their desires, their dreams, their humanity, robbing the world of their talent. Have we allowed what seems mainly a legislative issue? Have we allowed that, that America to cannibalize our culture? Have we left ourselves devoid of anything new and original because we didn't pay attention to the lions eating the young? You tell me while I drink this mango lemonade. Oh my God, we have to get rolling. What are we doing? We're wasting time. <laughs> and this brings me to my next point. And I did a podcast with Carolina, but I didn't post it. Because I don't like the way I said it. And I don't want you guys to take it the wrong way. So I'm going to try again. And I'm going to do it in a lot less matter-of-fact manner. Because what I realize about me is that when I say things in a matter-of-fact way, it's very off-putting. Sounds very... um. Let's just say there's a lot of people who think who think of me when they watch The House of Yes and they watch Parker Posey be that, be that character who dresses up like Jackie O. They're like, oh, I was watching a movie the other day and that girl really reminded me of you. I'm like, Parker Posey, House of Yes. They're like, yeah, how'd you know? I'm like, yeah. So in the interest of not sounding that way, I would like to explain. What was that loud sound? I don't know. That loud sound was... Oh, well, now they're sirens. So, actually, I don't know. Welcome uptown. Now there's... Okay, now there's more loud sounds. And more sirens. Okay. Well. (laughs) Anyway. Excuse the crackling of the weeds as it is broken up. This is what I want to talk to you about, and I don't want to do it in a way that sounds in any way condescending or dismissive, because God knows that's not how I mean it at all. If you know me, and I'm sure if you listen to me at least once, you kind of know me, then you know that I am a hundred and thousand million percent on the Magneto Malcolm X side of things. A hundred million trillion percent. That's my side. That's where I am. But I've been thinking about something lately. And it's really, it's been weighing on my mind a lot to the point where I feel like I have to talk about it. Because when I feel like something is unfair and I don't say something, it starts to really grate on my nerves. And it makes me, I don't know, it makes me, makes me feel bad about myself, to be honest. And I never feel bad about myself, but it makes me feel bad about myself in terms of like, just am I do, I'm not doing the right thing by not saying anything about this. So I guess you would call that a crisis of conscience. I don't know. But here we are. And what I've been thinking about is just like I said, that the public school system is you know designed to shuffle people through the cracks. In the same way, I feel like 
there is a lot of discontent placed on the shoulders of cops when in reality what we've asked them to do is take what is a legislative problem and make it their duty to somehow enforce faulty legislation that doesn't work so they can uphold laws that they made to satisfy their you know, the lobbyists from their regions and their constituents, you're taking the entire force of the lawmaking bodies and you're placing it on the shoulders of these cops and putting them in societies that you've built on purpose. You've, you've purposefully built these societies to, to, they're designed for the people that they're policing. They're designed for those people to lose. So you're sending police officers into communities that you have purposefully designed to be a losing game, right? Like everything. I could go down that Malcolm X road with you with the liquor stores and the this and the that and the diet and the key, and what's available and the key foods and what's expensive and what's cheap and the only type of medicine that's available and all the vaccines you got to get if you live there because the clinic over there, they won't let you go to school if you don't. All the things, all the things. So what you're saying is that you are now going to take a community that you have financially squeezed beyond any like beyond anything that could be done with a conscience. Right? You're going to completely bleed the community dry. Make them sick, make them purposefully addicted. Like, just look at the, just the, the thing that really brought this together for me was I was thinking about DC cops because I spent time in Maryland. I went to college in Maryland for a little while. And what amazed me was that the government put crack on the streets. I'm sorry, I always laugh when I say it because it's so monstrous and my body's reaction. Like, I know it sounds so fucking lame to associate with something so cool and I hate it. But again, since we're talking about fucking movie characters that remind people of me, so many people called me after the Joker. Like, people that have known me since I was a little kid where they once, like, touched my shoulder and it hurt really bad or someone who gave me a massage or someone who saw me get hurt or get cut or someone who was there when I, like, was giving birth or, like, painful things at my amnio, like, whatever. People who saw that when, I, when I'm in extreme pain, I laugh hysterically. Like, but my laugh is very scary when I laugh like that. But it's for some reason it works. Like, then I don't feel anything. I know. <laughs> It's so lame to identify with the Joker because he's so cool. I know it. I know it myself. But when I laugh like that, when I say monstrous things, it's because of that same thing. I don't mean to do it. It's just so... Like the idea of creating a substance that is like a one-time use addicting substance and flooding it into a community full of small children and young adults... You know, it's modern day warfare. It's modern day chemical warfare. When you read about stuff like that in textbooks outside of the US, can you imagine how that reads? It reads like the fucking blankets that were given to the Native Americans. That's exactly how it fucking reads. It's chemical fucking warfare against a targeted racial population that's not you.
And then you do this purposefully to destroy this community, to make it rot from the inside. Almost everybody I know from DC has a crack addicted recovering relative, close ones, because it affected every household because they purposefully flooded this, what is a pretty small city. You know, inner DC is not that big. I'm not talking about the posh parts of DC. However, I don't know how they didn't think that their kids were going to end up addicted to it. Anyway, traffic. Good movie, huh? So, you create that environment. And by you, I mean the government. I had an uncle once, this real douchebag piece of shit. He came over to my house. I was doing a fucking social studies paper. And he looked at my fucking paper and he started making markings all over it with a fucking pen. When I had just printed it out so I could put it in. He was like, oh no, Berta, I made some corrections here because you spelled some words wrong. And I had spelled government, you know, the way it's spelled. Government, you know. Um, which I'm just explaining to you why I say it the way is a joke. It's a joke to myself. Because this motherfucker took the fucking pen, crossed out where it said government, and wrote gourment. G-O-U-R-M-E-N-T. Gourment. Do you understand? He took a paper that he asked to see that he happened to walk into the room and see me printing out and said, Oh, beta, what are you doing? And then took my paper from my hands. At, never mind. So you're telling me that the gourmet, okay, does this and then puts it on the cot, on the shoulders of the fucking guy who lives next door to you, right, with, with the idiot cousin and the wife who buys, like, flashy pink things. You're telling me that the guy, that guy is supposed to, when he puts on his uniform turn into some kind of fucking superhero who can somehow tackle the nefarious machinations of a fucking bloodthirsty government who wants to exterminate a group of people. That's what he's supposed to do. He's supposed to enforce the law, right? Which puts now which now puts him counter to what they've done. So what we're supposed to expect from them is for them to actually fight the true intentions of the government, right? The pretense of law while the government spreads chaos and squeeze people of color in the middle of this fight that you've created yourself and then take them out of the equation. I just think it's time that we put a little more responsibility on the fact that you, on the people who are making these fucked up laws and how we keep allowing it to happen because someone told us that politics is like a country club game that old white people get together and play. I think AOC has shown us that it's not, but how many of you could end up in that situation? How many of us could end up in that situation? Have you ever thought about it? Because if you keep thinking it's some obtuse thing that happens in country clubs, you know, somewhere far away from where you are, it's going to continue to be that. And we can continue to get mad at cops for enforcing what is, I mean, this Breonna Taylor thing really made me think about that. Like, 
if you can get away with saying, yeah, but that's the law, then really, where is this fight supposed to go? Because you can't stop fighting. That would be, that would be tragic. There has to continue to be a fight, but where do we fight? If that's the wall you run into, how do you climb over or go around that wall? Drink something. I don't think you can go around that wall or over that wall until you lose one aspect. And that is the assigning of blame. I think that while there is an enormous amount of blame that gets put on the police, there is a thousand million percent more blame that belongs on the people who've made these laws that they are asked to enforce. Because no matter how crooked or terrible a cop is, you can't tell me that the cops are responsible for what happened with the crack epidemic. You can't tell me that normal human beings, just because they put on a uniform and a badge, could have any way have been prepared for what the crack epidemic brought. It's not like the CIA asked them, yo, can we spread a bunch of like just life and and city and neighborhood and family destroying substance through your jurisdiction. They didn't fucking know what the fuck was going on. They didn't know like nobody else knew. How can you expect a normal person, not a superhero, no matter how long they've been working or what they've been doing, how, how do you expect them to enforce order in that situation where the people that basically they're working for are the ones setting all the traps and causing all the chaos. You know, I'm going to go out on a limb and assume that it would have been pretty fucking easy to maintain order in D.C. in the 80s and 90s if they weren't being tried to be trying to be starved to death and drug addicted into oblivion. And yes, it's easy to see the enforcer and hate the enforcer but as as long as we do that we're just going to keep bumping into this wall and that's not progress and I don't want that so if that means that you take some of that blame that you rightly should take from them and put it where it needs to be which is on the people that you know they think they work for but really not even and really get more into the legislative game and really get rid of some people and change some stuff on a level that, you know, where you can feel like there's some kind of control because the cops are looking at you in some ways the same way you're looking at them. They're like, you're like, why are you doing this? And we're like, we have to. We actually don't know either. And every day, apparently, every day, those lawyers, you know, don't talk to cops. One of the things they say is because every day there's more laws being made, there's just thousands and thousands and thousands of laws. And every minute there's new laws being made. Look it up. Look up that speech. Look up the thing that he does when he talks about it. There's so where he explains it. The reason you're not supposed to talk to cops is because every day, every minute, there's more laws being made all the time. And you just never know what law you might be violating. They could ask you something really, like, really, really random, like, oh, were you in Rhode Island? And if, depending on whether you say yes or no, there could be some way, somehow, that you broke the law. You just don't know. You just don't know. And I know that sounds really weird for coming from me, but when you hear it coming from them, it makes a lot more sense. 
you just why why isn't that has to be a part of what is uh, tackled brought into awareness changed you know gone after infiltrated that 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 needs to happen it can't just be These are the laws, they enforce them, we hate them for it, and we just both stay locked in this eternal struggle while the people pulling the strings on both sides are, again, just sitting around in little clubs enjoying the show because that's essentially what's happening. So what does that take? You know, what, what does it mean to be on a council somewhere? What does it mean? What does it take? What does it mean to get on your local whatever? What are those things? Who knows about those things? You know? Start tagging it, the quietest revolution. Put some posts up. Let's let's find this stuff. You know, wherever you live, maybe you live in a small place where it would be easy. And and then it would be easier to take it to a higher position and a higher position. Like these things are possible. And if we don't do them then the people who've been doing them forever that make us think that we're never supposed to get involved in this game, they're just going to keep doing them. (laughs) You know, it's not like there's somebody my age running for president. It's not like they're even willing to hand it over to the 40-something-year-olds. They're not. They're not. They're not going to go until someone, you know, they're kind of just fine with you guys, with us, with everyone hating the cops. As long as you don't notice them in the background. But this Breonna Taylor thing shows you that when, they, when the cops move out of the way, what you're bumping into is laws. Laws that won't get changed until somebody makes a noise about them. Laws that never change <laughs> until the people who make them change. So although I still maintain a healthy disdain for everything, all of it, you know, even the idea of school, which is a Jesuit creation, so they could just like brainwash as many people as possible. Even the idea of school, I've I've just never understood why it's necessary the way we've done it. I've never understood why we don't listen to science and get smarter. Teenagers are not supposed to get up before 11. It's bad for their brains. It hurts them. They're growing. They're in the middle of growth spurts. And there's some growing that they don't do until like halfway into the morning. And they need to be asleep. That's why they all look like death when they walk around when you wake them up at 8 a.m. for school. For what? To sit in a fucking classroom and listen to someone drone on about something that your brain can't even process because it still wants to be asleep. Why is that okay? You know why? Because there's no teenagers out there lobbying for it to be different. Nobody stands up for each other. You got to stand up for yourself. Or, you know, Lead by example. If you think people stand up for each other, stand up for... Like, someone should change that. Someone needs to change that. That's not okay. 
we shouldn't give teenagers those schedule those schedules it's bad for their brains it's bad for their growth it really should be that simple if the science supports it why don't we change things it's like how volvo had seat belts way before everybody else and just gave the patent out and was like bro just put seat belts in your car like why is this even a question if the science supports it, just do it. What's wrong with you? Like, now the tricky thing is when science becomes dogmatic and says something is supported when it's not. When actual science supports something. Oh my God, bro, is Trump gonna die? I keep asking, I keep saying it to people and they're like, Umber, don't say that. And I'm like, no, I, I it's not like I hope, it's not at all, that at all, but like his... His breathing was very labored. His breathing was very labor labored and he was doing like a nervous tap on the banister and he was having to really breathe deep between words when he was making his little speech last night. Um and he's also half the weight he was when he went in. He's 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 lost half the weight. Um I think they actually had him uh, they made him a new suit, and it had it was much shorter than the ones he normally wears because he normally wears a much longer suit because therefore it's bigger, so he can um, hide his weight. But this suit was a much more normal length, and it's because he's much thinner, so there wasn't any a belly to hide, which is what he generally does. So. To me, he looked like a man who knows he's going to die. And wants to be like the president that dies in the White House. Wants to be like that guy, you know. I don't know. I do know that despite all of this, this is the best season yet. It's extremely exciting. And I wouldn't want to be anywhere else or doing anything else except here. And I think that's something that we need to keep reminding ourselves that no matter if it's going quote-unquote good or bad, the excitement of it all, the drama of it all, is something. You can say a lot of things about this time, but you can't say that it's boring. So however you're feeling, chin up. There is a romantic square today that may make you feel like you want to be upset about something instead of being romantic. Oh, shut up about it. Eat something sweet, dance around a little bit, smoke a day, watch a romantic movie, cry a little if you have to, then get up, take a bath. Get cute. Put something cute on. You know? Don't let it get you down. If you let it get you down, you're just going to attract more things that are going to get you down. If you get romantic and musical and flowers and pretty and romance playing in the background, then that's what you're going to attract. And what a beautiful day to attract romance 
when you're already feeling so romantic. See, on a day like today, sadness won't get you anywhere. But enthusiasm and love and beauty and optimism and fantasy will get you everywhere. So, wield this wand carefully with intention and effectively through happy thoughts and love. I love you. <laughs> it's your girl, DJ Nark. I'll see you in a couple of days, okay?